What is up, Auburn family? This live edition of the Uptempo Podcast starts right now. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, Auburn family? What is up, Uptempo gang? I'm your host, Justin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lynn. We hope you're having a wonderful week, man. Our Auburn Tigers are 2-0. Blake Lynn, how are you doing tonight, brother? Oh, man, I uh, had to had to attend a wake earlier. Uh, didn't like that, but, you know, I'm just excited about this Auburn uh, football team and, and glad that we could go out west and get a big-time win. Uh, excited about head coach Hugh Freeze and all of the excitement he has brought to this fan base, Dustin. Uh, it feels it feels really good, man, to be 2-0 and uh, you know, got Sanford this week. Uh, I, I, I love playing in-state schools, man, uh, keeping keeping it in-state and getting those guys inside of Jordan-Hare, uh, give them the opportunity to get on that big stage. And, you know, like, like Hugh Free said, man, get guys – the opportunity to show out in front of their family, their parents, their girlfriends, you know, um, and and them getting to play in front of 90,000 people. So uh, I really enjoy that. And we're keeping money in state. So uh, I love that. And uh, I know we we got on Grant Gardner with us from uh, the Sanford Scoop. Uh, excited to have Grant with us tonight. There's a lot to talk about with Sanford football, man. Uh, really up and coming program. You guys won the SoCon last year outright. Had a little setback last week, uh, but Grant, how you doing? Uh, how you doing tonight? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, doing pretty well, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm a Sanford graduate. Graduated in uh, 2019, so and I've been here in Birmingham since about uh, since about 2006 or seven. So I've been around the area a lot. Very familiar with SEC and, and Auburn, Alabama football for sure. Uh, glad you guys could have me. Yeah, Grant. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Chris Hatcher and the job that he has done for Sanford football. I believe he is in his ninth year, if I'm correct. Um, and I know he's the winningest coach in program history. Uh, just talk a little bit about what he's done for that program. Like I said, winning the SoCon last year, uh, just just getting you guys to 11 wins and just building things. Now you're coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, what does that mean for the school, the fan base, and the kids? Well, I mean, it's awesome. Just like you said, that, uh, that outright title, the first SoCon title, outright title that they've had since 1934. So you talk about – Talk about the energy Hatcher's brought in the building. And again, they've been around playing SEC schools, whether it's you turn on the Florida game in 2019 versus Emory Jones, that they played mm -hmm. Auburn, that they played Florida State. So being able to play in state, bad Jordan Heron to the lights, I don't think it's I don't think it gets much better than that for these guys. Yeah, Grant. Well, uh, you know, there was a little setback last week. Uh, and, you know, I think what you guys said, you haven't seen that quite often. Uh, you didn't see it hardly at all last year. So uh, what happened last week? Uh, I know you guys were in a close one for a minute, uh, but what happened there? Yeah, it was just a little bit of shock, I think, when the offense is, isn't moving the ball and only puts up seven points. Seven points was had the lowest they put in a conference uh, game since 2010. So you kind of get that shock factor. Okay, the offense isn't picking up steam, isn't moving the ball. And then you combine that with the tackling problems on the defense, giving up over 500 yards of total offense, just going and not being able to protect on the ground and giving up a bunch of a bunch of yards through the ground. That was kind of the issue on the defensive side was kind of the tackling and let uh, Desmond Reed, a uh, Western running back, run all over us for uh, 175. But I think it's kind of like the shock factor, like I just said, like the offense was struggling and the defense wasn't picking up where the offense was putting it down. Hmm. Well, I will uh, I will give you one more, man, and then I'll kick it over here to Dustin for you. Uh, yeah. Coming into this year, all right, and, and playing in Jordan-Hare, man, and, and the schedule that you guys have, what are the expectations just coming off of last year and, and all of the success? Uh, how do you capture that, and uh, how do you have a repeat performance of last year and, and be competitive and keep this thing at the top, Grant? that's a great question when you come in like I said the shock last week obviously we have a quarterback of the stature Michael Hires coming in last year the SoCon offensive preseason player of the year and one of the favorites for the Walter Payton award the SCS Heisman so 
So I have that continuity with him and Patcher. Pyers knows the system, was very successful last year. So I think once you build, and not counting last week, build off the offense, that's something that's always driven Stanford throughout the last few years and just be able to keep up with that pace. And and it's an old roster too. So you've got a lot of guys that played a lot of football coming over from last year. You still had some other transfers that obviously had success at other schools. So you try to bring that in and try to connect the two. So having an older team is basically – Having older team is huge for sure. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Grant, what is uh, what is Stanford going to try to do on Saturday? Like, what are just the main principles of a Stanford offense? And then same question over there on defense. Kind of, what are y'all looking to looking to do? Uh, looking offense, uh, I go up tempo, right? Sorry, I just had to throw that plug in there. Go, <laughs> go up tempo, move the ball down the field. I keep the offense, sorry, keep the defense off balance and move the ball down the field. That's the main thing. They're going to go really fast. It's the classic air raid style, spread everybody out, go into different formations like uh, Hugh Freeze mentioned yesterday, just go see how unique these formations get on offense and try to move the ball down the field, which is something they obviously didn't do last week. You just got to somehow build that confidence, even though you're playing in SEC school like, like Auburn. Now on the defensive side, that's where, last, that's where last week is really concerning. You give up that many yards on the ground. You come mm-hmm. into Jordan here where you face – we face a potent rushing attack at Auburn where you got Robbie Ashford and all these guys, all these guys that can basically pound up, pound on the ground. So if, if you find a way to slow down the run, I think you can hang around in this ball game. So just kind of what is the goal for Sanford coming in here? Because I know they're getting that fat check, and I know that, you know, the yeah. athletic department yeah. needs that. But just from a football yeah, perspective, sure. what are they what are they looking to do Saturday? Well, what, how would you feel as a, as a Sanford guy, the Bulldogs coming out of Saturday, hate to cut you off, but how, how would you you look at it and say, okay, this was successful? Because realistically, you guys probably aren't going to win the game. Yeah. I think you're just looking to gain a little bit of confidence, like I said, like the offensive output last week. I, I tried to build momentum and try to move the ball down the field. So I think if you can take that confidence throughout this game, however you can get it and leave without any injuries and try to keep the score close, I think that's kind of the main goal you want to see from this game. Just the confidence they have building up. And building up before you go back into a uh, SoCon play for sure. Hmm. Yes, sir. Blake, you got anything before we let Grant get out of here? Yeah, uh, w- one more thing, Grant. Give us uh, give us a couple guys on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball and give us a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball that we need to key on for Saturday. Sure, obviously. Going outside of Michael Harris, need to look at wide receiver Chandler Smith. He's been around the program forever. He played at Auburn in 2019. He's got a lot of experience. Sure super shift in the outside. He's not the biggest wide receiver, but again, he still finds ways to get open. So you need to look for Chandler Smith. And also the running back room, uh, Jay Stanton, he's also a guy who's a grad, who's a grad player. He's been around a while. So lean on him to tote the rock. So those two guys on offense are kind of where you want to look towards. Mm -hmm. Then on defense, you've got uh, Noah Martin, the returning uh, tackler from last year, the top linebacker. He's, he's all over the place. He's going to be, he's going to be that guy to make the tackle in the open field. And then you go to Cortland Marsh, defensive back, He's really physical. He'll get out there. He'll get out there and cover cover your number one wide receiver. So there's just a couple of guys. Sanford returns multiple guys that were that were also con defensive starters last year, just kind of build off confidence with that. So I think those two guys on the defense for sure. Give us a score prediction, Grant. Give us a score prediction, man. Great question. Thinking about the last couple days. Let's see. Prediction. I don't know what spread is, obviously, that it hasn't been released yet, but I think – yeah, I think uh, probably 42 to 14. I think they can move the ball. Maybe they're down. And maybe they have seven points going to the fourth quarter and they have that final quote, quote cover drive late in the game to go get that 14 points. So I think 42 to 14 would probably, probably the way to go. Okay. Okay. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, Grant, we appreciate you joining us, man. We, uh, yeah, for we- sure. Yeah, we we uh we want to wish Sanford the Sanford Bulldogs the best of luck, man. Uh, like I said, we love keeping it in state, and we wish you awesome. guys, uh, you know, after Jordan Hare and after yeah. Auburn, we wish you guys the best of luck. Hey, tell everybody where they can uh, follow you, Grant. Keep up with your content, brother. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. You can follow me at at Sanford Scoop on X or Twitter, where we're calling these days. Still and Twitter, also, right are we have some, still Twitter. There we go. Yeah. And we have some other Sanford guys that I've starting to get close to at a state of the Bulldogs podcast, another podcast mm-hmm. towards Sanford. So those two, those two places would be the best way to follow me and other guys for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Grant, man. We'll look at having you back on the future. I'm sure we'll cross paths again, whether it be baseball, basketball, or whatever it may be, man. Good luck for the Sanford Bulldogs rest of the way. Thank you, brother. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. It should be awesome on Saturday. I plan under the lights of Jordan Hare. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hope you have a good time, man. 
All right, Blake, that was our guy Grant joining us from the Sanford Scoop. Man, let's get this back. We want to holler at some of our guys. Our guy Chris Causey hopping in here saying, War damn Eagle fellas, my son and I will be at the Sanford game. Can't wait. Chris, hope you have a good time, buddy. You know that we appreciate all of your support, man. Mm-hmm. Tyler Smith, this is a familiar name, War Eagle, little <laughs> brother. <laughs> hey, love you, buddy. Let's see. Die Hard War Eagle said, good evening, fellas. Great show. Hey, man, you know we appreciate you. All right, Blake, Hugh Freeze took to the podium yesterday, right? And there was a this is not this is not something that is foreign to the Auburn fan base. Questions mm-hmm. about play calling, who's calling the plays, who should be calling the plays. Yep. And our guy Mike G asked a question. Now Hugh gave a very long answer, but I'm gonna we're gonna play the second part of uh Hugh's answer here. And uh, I have some thoughts, and then I wanted to get yours, brother. Yeah. Here's head coach Hugh Freeze. What are we are we doing too much of something? And what can we do? And who needs the touches? And you know, like five and six for us need more touches. Um, those two guys can they're our best receivers. Now I wish they were bigger because the catch radius is is not not big, but um, and we got to improve the others, but those guys are, are pretty good in space, and so we've got to use those guys. More Rivaldo obviously needs to be utilized, and he was well in the second half. But um, we, we've got to we got to play to our strengths and figure out how to make it look different every week. And um, so those are some of the things I challenged him with this morning. Is you know how are you going to do that? And if you need help, I swear I can help. I'll, I'll draw them up and 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 show you how to make it look different. But they have the ability to do that, and so. Um, again, I think it's a – you don't – you know, I know you guys have to – I mean, it was ugly. There's no two ways around it, but you can't – you also have to take into account the number of turnovers and penalties for possessions versus was it just awful play calls. I don't – I didn't see many awful play calls, truthfully. They all have a chance to work. Nothing schematically was off about it. Um, I think we need a little more balance – and we got to figure out what that looks like exactly that our quarterbacks and receivers can handle. Um, in our RPO world, we didn't utilize near enough. We've got to work on that. So uh, we'll we'll challenge each other to be better this week as coaches and players. Blake, um, my initial thoughts looking at this was I completely agree. You know, I'm president of the Feed VAR fan club, if that is a real thing. You got to feed VAR, man. And um, we know that Mike G, the man that asked the question, was all in favor of Feed Jay Fair, right? But these are the two playmakers that need the ball. Uh, we all know how Hugh, how, how much Hugh likes big guys. Me and you were going to go check out Perry Thompson Friday night. Um, he likes those big body guys. We know that he loves catch radius. We saw the catch radius on both of Rivaldo's catches, I feel like, especially yeah. the second one in the end zone, just being able to go up, you know, make something happen. We've heard about all offseason that Rivaldo would be that guy in the red zone. Um, I think it was nice to now you know, okay, there's a guy that we can go to late that we can trust. So you kind of found that. But he wants multiple guys, man. He wants a lot of guys that can do that. I think he was ban- – uh, kind of expecting Jair Shorter to have a bigger impact than he's had in two games in. I think he's expected. I know that you expected Shane Hooks to have a, a bigger impact. Um, I feel like I still got a lot of faith in Shane Hooks. I think he looked good versus UMass. I just – it's hard to judge what happened Saturday night, right? Just never, never got going. But um, as far as as far as whole, this whole who's calling the plays and the reason I wanted to play that clip was, <clears throat> man, Hugh Freeze knows better than me, Blake, but I'm going to get on this early. You know, and I'm not pressing the panic button or nothing like that, but I just feel like you do what you've what's got you to where you're at. And if Hugh Freeze has called plays his entire career, then I want him calling plays at Auburn, damn it. And I don't think that's too crazy. And look, man, I know the focus that it takes to be on recruiting and all that kind of stuff. And I understand that it's a different beast coaching Liberty versus coaching Auburn. And I understand that coaching Ole Miss seven, eight years ago was different than coaching Auburn and then coaching in the SEC today. So I respect all of those. I respect that Philip Montgomery has been the head coach. I respect that it's two games. This is not a freak-out thing. Me and you had talked privately, and you know I was never really comfortable with you giving up the play calling, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just not because it's yep. something that you're good at. So if it's something that you're good at, and the, the part that really stuck out to me was when he said, I can draw it up. Well, buddy, get in there and draw it up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have – you know, like it's just I don't, I don't have time for it, and the Auburn family doesn't have time for it. And we can't – we brought you in 
So we don't have starting quarterbacks going on the road throwing for less than 100 yards. And that's what we got Saturday. So please hear me when I say that none of this is like panic button. I think they're going to figure it out. If you listen to our recap of, of, of um, Sunday's episode, recap of Saturday night, I said, hey, look, there's been several times where Auburn's had great seasons, great offensive seasons, where week two looked really bad, especially on the road. You talked before the game Saturday, and you mentioned the Thursday night in Manhattan, Kansas, where it was a weird opponent at a weird start time in a weird scenario, and we almost lost that game. And you said before the Cal game, in, in comparison to that game, mm-hmm. it was a clip that we cut up and, and chose for the, the podcast. You said, just get out of here with a victory. It's going to yeah. be nasty. Now, we didn't know it was going to be that nasty. We didn't know it was going to be four turnovers, <laughs> shoot yourself in the foot nasty. We didn't. That yeah. wasn't the expectation. Um, I think we learned some things about our defense. But, you know, it's just, to me, Blake, and then I'll let you, I want to hear your thoughts on it. You, you've been calling plays your whole head coaching career. I look at Hugh Freeze and what he's done before Auburn and, and said, this is an offensive genius. I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that lightly. I truly believe that Hugh knows how to make pieces work. I don't think what you saw Saturday night, you're going to see again. There's that crazy mm-hmm. stat going around about, SEC teams in the regular season all time in the state of California. There's mm-hmm. a reason for that. We talked about last week about the um, the NFC, or excuse me, the teams in the NFL on the East Coast having to travel over to the West Coast. Regardless yeah. of record, the win percentage was dog shit, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to do. So in respect to all that, it's just I don't want this to become a thing. I don't want this to become a problem. Feed VAR. Feed Jay Fair, feed Rivaldo. You can throw the ball to these guys five, six, seven times a game. And we'll mm-hmm. talk more about this on Friday's episode in our What You Want to See segment. But I'll go ahead and uh, spoiler alert. I want to see us air that thing out 25 times in the first half. Mm-hmm. I want to see these guys start to get it together. Because this whole thing that I've been hearing of we still haven't shown the whole offense, time's running out for that. It, it, it's game three. When are you going to, why are you, what are you going to, what are you keeping in your pockets for? Because yeah. the guy's got to get comfortable. It's time to do it. And teams know what you're going to do anyway. You're not hiding some – some Hugh Freeze has been doing what Hugh Freeze has been doing. Philip Montgomery does what Philip Montgomery does. They got tape. They know what you're going to do. These coaches have all crossed paths. They know what each other's going to do. There's not some big magic thing that we're hiding. It's time to get these guys together. I want Hugh Freeze calling the place. Now, does Philip Montgomery need to help with game plan, all that kind of stuff, because Hugh has other responsibilities? Yes, understand all that. Do what got you here, man. Run the style of offense that got you here. You call the plays, and let's win some damn ball games. Blake, what do you think? Uh, first thing I want to start with is, for some reason, Peyton Thorne is playing timid. Um, it, it's like he's scared to let it rip. And uh, I look over here in the comment section, and War Eagle makes a great point. <clears throat> he says, there's open guys on every play. We're just not making the play. All right? Look, go back to the Jay Fair touchdown, all right? Go back to the Jay Fair touchdown. If you go back and watch that play, Jarquez Hunter is wide open on the wheel route. Several times running backs out the backfield. Wide open. I'm telling you right now, he is standing at the three-yard line with his hands just like this, all right, saying, hey, throw me the football, all right? If he catches that ball, he turns around, touchdown. Peyton never saw him. Never saw him. He was wide open. All right. Happened several times. It's 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 happening several times. I thought that was a great comment, a great point. We just have to execute, man. And look, I know that kind of when I say that, it kind of takes me back to another guy. But this time is true. All right. Like this time is true. We're being put in great spots. We're being put in 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 positions to win. Now. We told you guys that this was going to be a nasty game. I just felt that way ever since um, ever since I saw it on the schedule, man, just going out west, you know, and, and I just – I don't like it. I just – I'm not a fan of it, right? It, it, it's just two time zones. Uh, you're sluggish. It messes with your, your mental state. Like, I don't know if you've ever been on a plane or whatever, but jet lag is real. Uh, it drains you physically. 
we're used to humidity. It's thin air out there. Like, it's just different, man. It is different. There was people with blankets in the stands Saturday night. Right. We're used to 100 degrees, 110 heat index. And we too, hell yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's different, man. It's different. So I told you guys, I didn't think we would lose the cow. I said, but don't panic if you get out here in Cal Berkeley and you find yourselves down 10 to 3 and you're sitting here going, oh boy, oh boy. Well, guess what? We found ourselves down 10 to 7, all right? And and we started to panic a little bit. And I told you, don't panic. Auburn will make some plays towards the end. Now, one thing I did not like, I did not like us not pushing the ball down the field, all right? I felt like Cal safeties did not expect, um, did not respect Peyton Thorne at all. They dang sure didn't respect Robbie Ashford, all right? And that's something else that we got to mix up, man. Look, running a running a sweep after a timeout, we burn a timeout. We come back out on fourth and two, and we run a sweep. Everybody knows what's coming when Rocky played five times versus UMass. Played, bro. You watch Cal's safeties; they're playing within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. They're walking down as Robbie. He claps his hands. They're within five yards of the line of scrimmage, bro. All right. That's how predictable it is. We got to mix things up. We got to. Do I think this offense is that bad? Everybody keeps messaging me saying, man, what do you think about the offense? No, I don't think it's that bad. You want to tell me a – let me tell you this. I, I think this was a huge factor the other night. We were about to boat race Cal, all right? And Damari fumbled. Mm-hmm. That, to me, when that happened – I know it took the sales out of me because when it happened, I said, oh, no. And and I just sat there. I was like, looked over at my dad and I said, it's going to be one, one of them games where we can't get anything going offensively. It's going to be one of them games where when we start to pick up the pace and we start to drive the football, we create we, we, we turn the ball over. All right. They create a turnover. And. I just think that took the wind out of us, man. For a, for a minute, you just the mojo felt different after that, uh, and and it felt like we were just in a rut, you know. Now that last drive, I think it keeps, I think it keeps Peyton Thorne as QB one, four for four, fifty six yards, uh, two big time grabs by Rivaldo Fairweather. Uh, we got to get him more touches, man. Him, him only seeing four balls is absolutely ridiculous. All right, we've we've got to do better. I agree with your take on feed J Far, uh, J Fair and Var. I like that J uh, Var combo. J Fair and Var, I love that, bro. Um, but I feel like Peyton plays better. When, when we go up-tempo, all right? Now, obviously, you got to have a great first down Yeah. go up-tempo. Penalties. That is where Auburn did not succeed the other night, people, all right? We weren't, we weren't having success. We would go two steps forward and ten steps back, yeah. all right? Penalties. I mean, the, the Jeremiah Cobb penalty, you know, when he gets that, when he gets that end around, all right, and too tall is out on the edge, has no business holding the guy. You don't need to hold him because guess what? Jeremiah's gonna either put him on skates or run right around him. All right. Yes, got Jeff's comment up here. He says, uh, pick a QB and go with a higher tempo, and for the love of God, let Cobb eat. And that's what Blake's talking about, right? Yeah, now. I, Jeff took the words right out of my mouth. Uh I look, I agree with what Hugh said in his presser about the, he's got something about him. We have to get the ball in his hands more. Oh, look, I'm not downing. I'm not downing Brian Batie, but I think the Brian Batie thing. I think the Brian Batie thing is strictly special teams. That, told you, told you that before the season. I thought, I told you, Kyle was coming. You were on. You you said you said that you felt like Jeremiah Cobb was going to take somebody's position. I've seen enough that he is too electric with the football in his hands, and. 
I, I, I just – I feel like he is a guy that has to be on the field, and I don't think you can redshirt him. Uh, I, I think he has got to get more than three or four touches, man. He's too good out in the open space. Work him in the screen game. Hell, give him a speed sweep, a jet sweep or something, man. Get him get him out in space. Like, let him go. I, I just – I think there's a lot more that we can do on offense. Uh, but we also got to execute, man, because the plays are there. They're open. Uh, we got to make them. I'm going to get back to your point right here, Jackson. I got your comments started real quick. Thomas, if you're in here, if my guy Thomas Blake, he knows a whole lot about offensive line. He can break down offensive line film and this kind of stuff. Thomas, two games in, if you're still in here, brother, put in the comments who you want to be starting this Saturday at the offensive line. And I, I want to see what you uh, get your thoughts there. Back up here because I want to get to Jackson's point. Jackson says they rotated offensive line units just as much as the QBs last Saturday. I want to see one solid group for, for majority of snaps. This is something that my brother brought up, Jackson. He said, hey, why are the running backs rotating so much? And why are the offensive linemen rotating so much? And it's a good point because we complained a lot last year about the receiver rotation, how it was constant, just receivers coming in and out, in and out. Um Good point here, Jackson, with the offensive line. You know, it's – I know that Hugh said after UMass that it, a lot of it was because he wants to go tempo and he wants to keep guys fresh. He wants to have a guy a, a rotation of like seven or eight. Just have to kind of question, is that something that's going to work routinely? Because after Sanford, man, and we'll get into this in our in our, in our third and final segment uh, as far as just what these teams are, but the names still are what the names are. Just A&M. You know, uh, George and LSU still a very tough three game stretch. So we got we're going to get to three and zero, barring some kind of crazy situation Saturday, right? Well, we are where we need to be, but um, man, there's just a lot of stuff to get cleaned up before we go in here. And uh, but like we will get into here shortly, there is this SEC is open. Hey, Thomas, shout out, shout out to our guy Thomas. Um, I haven't seen him here. Uh, so Thomas become a member. We're going to talk about these memberships here in a second. Appreciate you, brother. Um, shout out to our guy, B. Will's Forehead. Here he is. I said I didn't see him. Here's my guy, B. Will's Forehead. He became a member earlier this week. Wanted to shout you out, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you supporting us. Like you said, let's get to 1,000. Look, guys, time of recording, we were at 985 subs. Like, mm-hmm. let's. by the time this ball gets kicked off at Sanford, we got to be over a K. We got to be over a K by the time they kick the thing off at Sanford at 6 o'clock. But, uh, man, so all our new members really, really love you guys uh, and appreciate all the support. And Thomas, man, Thomas is my dude. He's a good guy. Um, let's see. I have one more up here. Comment. But, yeah, just on your point, Jackson, look, bro, um, I'm with you 100% for real. Uh, you got to kind of pick the – you got to you gotta pick some guys. You got to stay with them. Even at running back, where Eagle says, what you talking? We're going to go forward. No, believe that. Hey, I predicted the Texas A&M game as a win, and we might as well do our little announcements real quick and then get over here, Blake, because it seems like that's where the conversation is going. So, look, guys, y'all already know the deal. You see it at the top of the screen, home field apparel. Yep. 15% off your purchase when you type in the code UPTEMPO. Guys, go over there, do that. They got the flash gear you're going to find. 2010 natty, natty shirt, 2004 shirts. They got 1998, 1999 SEC Championship basketball shirts. I rocked the 1957 shirt to the Phoenix City game the other day. Look, good stuff over there. Appreciate you guys at home for the apparel. Y'all already know. If you want to get one of these bad boys right here, an up-tempo shirt, go to the warreportshop.com. If you're going to be at the Sanford game, I got the perfect shirt for you because it's uh, you got to wear all blue. Saturday's game is blue and Jordan hair. So why not rock the blue level up, up-tempo shirt, man? Go to warreport.com. It is on the uh, third or fourth page. It kind of depends on what kind of browser you're on, that kind of thing. Um, go over there, man. Get that for us and uh, support us that way. And you look good. I think it's a good-looking shirt. And uh, shout-out to our guy Ike, man, for making uh, making that for us, man. That thing looked good. Um, also, guys, the memberships. This is the time because Friday night, me and Blake will be getting tons of content. If you were into recruiting, like this is the week. Just saw Thomas join. Listen, Baker at Foley, Bryce Kane versus Perry Thompson. This is gonna be a good one, Blake. The two yeah. guys, the two, the two guys going at it from the two five one, the two studs, the two blue chips. I cannot wait. Our Friday night light tour continues, and uh tons of tons of good comment coming out there. Trying to find me just a second here. Only, we go. The only reason I didn't have a video 
Uh, I yeah. didn't do a breakdown of last Friday night is because they literally had four people on Perry Thompson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like I sent Dustin a video and I was like, bro, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. All right. He had, he had four receptions for 13 yards. Yeah. So hopefully, and the, the fun thing will be is he's going to play some defense. So we'll see him. We'll yeah. see him actually guarding Bryce. So tons of good comment or excuse me, content coming out. Blake, tell people about these memberships real quick. Yeah, man, if you're interested, go over to the JV squad for $3.99 a month. Uh, if you're on audio only, there's a members-only live chat, member shout-outs, priority reply to comments, early access to videos, and exclusive gifts that we are working on. Uh, me and Dustin are trying to get that squared away. And then you can go over to the $5.99 a month varsity squad. That is where we uh, do the recruiting update videos, uh, the game day group chat. If you're interested in that, I know our guy Tanner, uh, he stays in there with us all the time on game days and, and through the week, man. Uh, Tanner's a loyal uh, loyal listener for us, and, and we greatly appreciate him. Gameplay with you. Hey, if you're an Xbox guy uh, or, or gal, you know, if you like to game and you like Madden or next summer when NCAA comes out, man, shoot us your Xbox gamer tag. We will get in a party. We will chat it up, talk about some Auburn sports, do whatever, right? Uh, and this is the one I'm extremely excited about is watch the film with Auburn baseball. Now, we hope to grow this with Ike and and the War Report guys over there where we can eventually do basketball and football with them. Uh, but we will be focusing on watch the film Auburn baseball. And we are going to sit down with some of these guys. If you've been with us from the beginning, uh, you know that we, we have that connection in baseball. They come on the pod and everything. And uh, we do our little interviews and get to talk to them throughout the season. Uh, they're really good dudes, man. So, uh, there's going to be some good stuff. And and if you're not a baseball fan, let me tell you something. Follow it this year because I got a good feeling about this year's team. Mm. Uh, I think I think this year's Auburn baseball team is going to be special, man. Just getting getting the guys to return like Joseph Gonzalez and and uh, and all the success that you've had over the past couple years. Uh, so if you're not a baseball fan, uh, you just pay attention this year. We're going to have some fun for sure. Um, Varsity squad members, like we told you guys, the recruiting pod is going to be dropping tomorrow. Wednesday is going to be the day I've decided that we're going to drop the recruiting pod. That's when I can get all of the stuff, um, all those stats in. I've said it a couple of times, man. It's hard to get all these stats in. Then I have to upload all of my videos from the, from everything. So that's coming up for you guys tomorrow. And then a ton of content coming out for you guys this week. Also, uh, tell me what you guys think. When we do these recruiting pods from now on, especially this next one, where we're going to be bringing up multiple clips of Perry, Bryce, talking about what we saw and all that. We can do that live where you guys can get in and ask questions. Is that something that you're interested in? Let yeah. us know. You know, some guys, you can find us on Twitter, that kind of thing. Also, with the watch the film, like Blake was talking about, we want to get these guys in here with us, you know, mm. the Coopers, the Tanner McMurray, those are, the, excuse me, the Tanners, those kind of guys, and tell us what you're looking at. So, we're, uh, what they're looking at, and you can ask questions to them as well. Um, our varsity squad members know that put in a recruiting prediction, you know, uh, so that they know that we got a guy committing pretty soon here. So just a ton of stuff uh, over there, man. Now, Blake, I sat back Saturday and I watched and I saw A&M get lit up. Yeah. Okay. And I saw Bama get lit up and I saw that it was 21 to 17 before LSU finally got their shit together with Grambling. <laughs> And trust me, I've been hearing it since they started about how question questionable that secondary is over there. All these teams I just mentioned got questionable secondaries, which is kind of one of the things where I say, Auburn, we got to get it together in this passing game because there's an opportunity here to exploit some of these teams. I'm not sold on Ole Miss or Arkansas secondary either. I would say the SEC West got some – we got the best secondary in the SEC West by a mile. And you can't argue that. So – as we look at where this is, Bama's got more losses coming. I feel comfortable saying that. Losses. Because when I look at their QB situation, is he the sixth best in the division? Is he the seventh best in the division? Excuse my language. He's dog shit is what he is. He's the right? seventh, sixth best in the division, bro. Like, I, I just – it ain't there. Blake, what do we have to – what do we have to do to kind of make some noise here? Can we find ourselves? I'm not saying win the West. When I say make some noise, I'm talking about eight, nine wins maybe. Is Because I know it's tough looking up what we just came off of Saturday. But look at the rest of the division and how they look Saturday. Were you impressed with Arkansas? No. No, I'm not. 
I'm not I'm not impressed. Let me let me tell you something real quick. I'm not impressed with anybody in the SEC right now. I'm not. I'm not. I, I just Tennessee? I think struggling I think, over there in the East. Right. I think the SEC is down this year. I do. We've gotten clapped. Uh, LSU got clapped against Florida State. Uh, Tennessee struggled early with Virginia. Yeah, I know they won big late, but Virginia, okay. Virginia, Virginia had to cut their season short last year because of the the shooting that happened and everything. They wasn't ready to play a football game that day. That was their first game back. Like, come on, man. Uh, we're, we're just <clears throat> we're not good this year, man. Mississippi State almost losing to Arizona. Us with Cal and everything, like it just it looks like the SEC has taken a step back, in my opinion. Uh, and and boy, Texas A and M secondary garbage. All right, dog water, terrible. To bring in the number one recruiting class a couple years ago, uh, and you perform like this. We said it was the fall of Jimbo. I, but Dustin, I kept telling you, hey, man, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Like, I just don't – everybody kept saying that this was A&M's year. A&M, they're going 9-3, and 10-2. And, and I would text Dustin, y'all, almost <laughs> every day, and I would say, Dustin, they're dog shit, okay? I Like, they're just – they're not good. And everybody would just – Keep on, A&M, A&M, Jimbo's turning it around. I hope y'all watch that play call on Saturday because it looked like a tussle, all right? Mm-hmm. It looked like Jimbo said, hey, Bobby, I, I want to call some plays, all right? I want to have my thumbprint on it, all right? It's, it's not good, man. It's not. I think that thing is a, a disaster. We play them at 11 o'clock next week. All right. If we go out there and and we kick their ass, he's done, man. He's done. Well, he's done. I don't know how you keep him. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just I don't. I don't see how we talked about this in the off season, right? And shout out to Auburn Stan Channel for joining, becoming a member. We, we appreciate you, man. Um, that the noise would turn up right here if they lost to Miami, and that's the part that stuck out to me, Blake. Was you look at it and you say, you know what? The defense is supposed to be y'all's calling card. And what do we always say? When every week it's something new for a team, they're just a bad team. Yep. AM just has culture problems. Whatever the problem is at AM, it's not going to get fixed until Jimbo Fisher is gone. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. So we're four and one all time in college station. Five and one? It's time to it's time to get to five and one, man. Uh, kind of off topic here, but uh, Thomas on the offensive line, he said he wants to see Wade, Wright, Jones, Stutz, and Britton. Listen, I owe Cam Stutz an apology. Cam Stutz has been bodying people. I said all offseason, Blake, that I didn't think that he was going to start. I think that somebody else would slide in there, and I was wrong. Cam Stutz is pancaking folks, bro. No, 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 no. Did you see that video? Did you see the video of Jaden Ott? And every time he would say, he would say, yeah, but when I look on film, I don't really see anything. It's just a name. And then it would show, it would, it would show Cam Stutz just absolutely taking somebody to the bus, bro. And, and then it would replay what he said. And then it was just Stutz again, man. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, God, that dude. Mm. Yeah, no, Stan, Cam is balling. James Barnett says the SEC is wide open this year, especially in the West. If we can get our offense humming, we just have uh, have just as good a shot to take it, for sure. And then right underneath mm-hmm. him is Teresa. How you doing tonight? You know, we love you. We have to be able to throw the long ball mm-hmm. when we get to A&M. So that's my mm-hmm. point as far as, to, as far as Sanford, right? I want to see us air the ball out 25, 30 times. I mean, in the first half. I know yeah. that sounds crazy. I don't care. It's time to get this thing clicking because you let's and I, I don't even feel comfortable saying this. Let's just pencil Georgia in as automatic L for this for this discussion, right? Two of your next three opponents in AM and at LSU, if you can make the best of the opportunities their secondaries will present you, LSU will leave multiple people wide open during points of that game. 
If A&M repeats what they repeated versus Miami, you're going to have people wide open. You got to hit them. <clears throat> I don't want to be too hard. I only watched the first half of Ike's watch the film. I haven't caught the second half yet. Yep. Um, You can't miss four checkdowns in one half. If you're if you're going on your third year being a power five starting quarterback, yep, you can't do it. It's right there. You're forcing incompletions <laughs> when you got a check down right here. It's a first down. Just throw the ball three yards to Jarquez and let's go. Do, and that's do, the thing about the film, bro. It don't lie. We see it. Do you think? Because because this is this is what kind of gets at me a little bit is, uh, you know, I, I talk to my dad every day, man, and my dad just kind of feels like that he's pressing a little bit. You know, he's like, man, I just feel like he's pressing. He's kind of looking over his shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, but he can't be looking over his shoulder because Hugh named him QB1 before the end of fall camp. So why is he so shaky? Why is he so uh, timid to make plays down the field? Hey, dude, I've seen Michigan State highlights. Throw that thing because he can throw it. All right. He can he can he can put it down there. We got to start stretching the field a little bit, man. Like uh, that opens up Jarquez. It opens up Damari. It opens up Jeremiah. Uh, the, the more shots that we don't take, uh, they're just going to keep putting eight, nine man boxes, and we're going to struggle to run the football. Hey, and look, you guys know I went and I just went and checked out Cam Coleman. Cam Coleman's a real deal. We're sitting there talking about Jimbo Fisher being fired. You beat Jimbo on – and you turn that heat up, right? You beat Jimbo, they're two and two, they got to fire him. Bring Cam Coleman home, but you know how you're going to do that? You got to make – you got to connect on some long balls down the field, man. You just have to. Like, we've got to kind of get this together. I really hope that this is the week that Peyton Thorne and the receivers kind of get that chemistry going. I really hope that's in the game plan, man. I know that you can line the ball up against Sanford and run it down their throat. I understand that. But there's no point in getting up 28 to zero at halftime, and then in the second half being like, "Ah, well, you know what? There's no point in throwing it now because we're up." Nah, to hell with that, man. It's time to get these issues corrected. Um, on our topic here, so Blake, am I crazy in saying that Bama is going to lose multiple games? No, you're not crazy. Nine and three, eight and four type season, and I, I, I never thought this. I was the one just two <laughs> weeks ago that was saying, "Nope." <laughs> Anybody saying this is an idiot. You what? This is exactly what I said. If you're saying this, you don't follow recruiting. Well, I can't believe it, but <laughs> I don't know if the, there's some developing that's not going on in the secondary because those are all blue chips. So I don't know what's going on at safety at defensive back for Alabama right now. That's Nick Saban's pride and joy. It befuddles me. I have no idea what I'm looking at. LSU, I got news for you. We the DBU of the West, because whatever that crap is, is not Louisiana State University defense, especially not in the secondary. It ain't. You got a guy in Harold Perkins. I know this is on the line, but whatever you're trying to do with him is idiotic. Let that young man go get the QB. But please wait till after we play, and then you can try to figure all that out. Um, and then it's like I look at Arkansas struggling with Kent State. I look at Ole Miss. Yeah, they beat a good two-lane team with a backup quarterback. I'm just not impressed. I'm not impressed with Mississippi State. I still feel like they're going to finish last in the West. Maybe A&M if Jimbo, you know, if that whole thing comes off the rails. But, dude, it's 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 right there. Like, whoever wins the West this year is going to be, in my opinion, at best 6-2 and two in the West. Six mm-hmm. and two in the SEC will be the SEC. I, I don't see a, anybody going undefeated in the conference, and I damn sure don't see anybody only going seven and one. I man, if we can get our stuff together, Blake, there's a possibility that we're playing Alabama with some stuff on the line. Well, I I don't think the Georgia game is an automatic L now. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, nope. Nope. Can't sit here and say it's an automatic L dust. I can't because okay, have you have you gotten to see Georgia play? Here and there. Here and there. All right, all right. Look, man. They've started slow twice. All right. And I know it's hard to get up for that competition and everything. I get it. But still, man, like 
Carson Beck's first trip to Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. Auburn could be 4-0. 2.30 CBS kick. I hope they put it at night, but mm. they're not. CBS is going to grab it. Uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, but I look at our defense, man. I can't. I can't say that is an that is an automatic L. I'm not going to do that to this defense. Um, I think. I think Auburn, if they fix things offensively, if Peyton comes out of his shell and and starts playing the way that we know he can and pushing the ball down the field, uh, the way these running backs can run the football, the way that this offensive line has played. Uh, for the for the most part, for the majority, uh, I know they've had their little hiccups here and there, but uh, it's much improved. Um, I I just I think there's a shot, man. I do. So I look at Alabama, Dustin, and offensive line just didn't look athletic. You look slow. It it it, it looked bad. I mean. How many times have we seen Alabama get dominated at the line of scrimmage in the Nick Saban era? It's rare. And this year, that was supposed to be the calling card, bro. They, they were they knew quarterback was going to be rough. They were going to line up and play murder ball. You know who said it? You know who said it? He was on this show. Jake Crane said, just because they're big, like everybody's predicting, doesn't mean they're athletic or good. All right? He pointed it out. He said, I think there's some issues on that Alabama offensive line that people just haven't seen yet. He called it, man. He called it. Now, their defensive front, where you at? Dallas Turner, you're a ghost. All right. I don't, I can't see you. I haven't seen you show up in a big game. I I don't know where it's at. Your secondary cheeks, uh, not what we're normally used to seeing at Alabama. I don't – you just – Texas had their number, bro. I don't – I hate to say this. I, I hate to say this, but does – I just don't think he's got the fire anymore. I don't think he's – I don't – I just don't think Nick's got that fire anymore. Like, like just the way on the sideline, man, it just looks like, you know, hey, you bought a, you bought a $17 million crib in Jupiter, Florida for a reason, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, those, I'll tell you what, man, and I love Kevin Steele. I think the word of Kevin Steele, but those coordinator hires definitely interested me when they made them because it just it, because it didn't seem like long term plans, right? It mm-hmm. just seemed like a couple year patch me. Let's get through this plans. Um, TD, how can you say all the ZBs are best in the West when you have Mass Cal and now Sanford? Let's get real. You have no wideouts. Let me explain this to you um, because. Auburn secondary was already viewed as one of the top secondaries in the SEC West before the season. These names are what these names are. DJ James, Jalen Simpson, these guys are already known. Uh, look at what Kay and Lee did Saturday, a true freshman. So crime dogs, Zach Efforts are their coaches. There's, there was high expectations of this secondary. And now I'm watching these other teams. Again, I mentioned LSU, right? They played grambling. I could show you several plays if we had copyright and were allowed to play LSU stuff. I could show you LSU plays where they're getting torched by Grambling and FSU consistently. I can show you Arkansas State getting torched or at least having guys wide open Saturday versus Kent that never should have been open. Did you watch the Alabama game? Did they not get torched? Now, to your point, if those guys have played better competition, yes, they have. I guarantee you that my point about Auburn having at least – one of the best secondaries in the SEC West, but I feel pretty comfortable saying the best. Now, injuries could change that, but show me a better unit. Through two weeks, show me a better unit. We have a small sample size, sure. Yes, Auburn hasn't played teams that can really test that, sure. Show me a better sample size. Or, I mean, excuse me, show me a better unit, and I'm willing to see what, you know, who you come up with. But I doubt very highly anybody in the West not all Miss, maybe Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm sure it ain't Arkansas. Yeah, we could have a conversation about Mississippi State probably, but that would be that'd be it. So, and on that, Thomas says, thankfully we have depth in the secondary. Yeah, dude, listen, JD Rim hasn't played it down this year, right? JD's a dog. Hmm. JD's a dog. I wouldn't. I know he's been like questionable every single week. I just my thing with him, with Nehemiah, with some of these guys that are questionable to go this week. Um, I don't want him to go, Blake. 
I don't want him to go just because uh, Jalen McLeod, like Jalen McLeod looked great. Jalen McLeod balled out. Uh, mm. Hugh Freeze mentioned him in the presser. If we don't need you, I don't want you to go, right? So yep. that's just kind of where I stand on that. But at the same time, I also don't – I don't know if uh, – I don't know if – do I want Nehemiah and J.D.'s first time being at a and You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. if you can get them some reps and kick them in, sure. So that's the fine line that luckily we mean you don't have to walk. <laughs> that's 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 Hugh Freeze's job. That's why he makes $6 million, and we just sit here and talk shit about it. That 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 battle between Auburn's secondary and AM's receivers, yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one. Uh, James Burnett says, At Blake, I agree, Georgia is not automatic because they are playing in Jordan Hare. We all know what happens in Jordan Hare. We uh, we have beat them before with less talent 2017. Can do it again, man. Can do it again. All right, look. Dustin, you you go you go to College Station and you get a win, all right, and you come back to Auburn four and zero, and this defense is playing the way that they have. You can beat Georgia. You can you can force Carson Beck into making a mistake. That that's what you got to do. You got to win the turnover battle. You got to yep. come in there and turn him over. All right, put pressure on him. That's what Auburn's gonna do. Auburn's gonna Auburn's gonna put pressure on him and say, "Hey, show us that you can make enough plays to beat us. Yeah. Show us." Yeah, turnovers in a game like that is obviously about turnovers. You need to. I, feel, I always look at it and say, "Okay, well, you obviously you got to win the turnover battle, but you want to score off those two. So you need to get ten to fourteen points off of turnovers, and like the penalties and all that kind of stuff that we saw Saturday. Obviously, you're not gonna be able to get away with that with a team versus Georgia. But when we got asked all off season, how could Auburn beat Georgia? What is one team that Auburn could upset that you maybe you looking at it right now uh, back in the preseason you wouldn't think could that they could? We always said Georgia. At least I always said Georgia ahead of Bama because my stance was Georgia's won a lot of games in a row. Mm-hmm. You're just due from well, that's really where I'm coming from on that whole thing because by the time they roll into Jordan Hare they have, they will be somewhere in the 20s. I don't have the exact number on top of my head, but they will have won a bunch of games in a row. You don't win forever. You lose yep. games. National champions a lot of times have a loss on that record. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in a 2007-type uh, season where one might have two. I just really think that this is a wild year. No team is really standing out to me. Um, now, we're only two weeks in, but, man, this has just been been crazy, especially yeah. our conference. But, dude, I just uh, – this is – it could be. James, let's, let's get through Sanford. Let's get through A&M. But, uh, yeah, man, this is not – I know I just said it was automatic. I'm just – I got to see it, bro. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I'm so jaded with Georgia. Like the the 15 out of 18 or whatever it is has just got me scarred up, brother. They could have. They could be 0 and 6, and I'd be like, I don't know. Uh, this is kind of what the point I was making, right? This this is what I said uh, before we started the UMass game. I said I wanted to see this connect and how we are week three, and we still haven't seen it. Trash Panda says I think the first game we should have allowed Peyton to build chemistry with the wide receivers. Hopefully, this game uh, he gets more of those chances. 100% agree with you here, Trash Panda. I think that it should have happened versus UMass. This is one of the things I said I wanted to see before the game, and we kind of didn't. And then now we didn't see it last week. So this is your last chance. Mm-hmm. This is your last tune-up. You were lucky to get out of Saturday with a dub. I, well, I don't want to say lucky because there's multiple sides of the ball, and you played championship-caliber defense. So I, so I correct myself. You deserve to win a game when you play that high caliber of defense. But here we are. This is your last chance before it gets real. So I really agree with this statement. This is your last tune-up. You got to figure some stuff out. Will it be perfect right now? No. But you got to get it going in the right direction. You need to come out of Saturday saying, okay, that feels better. We feel a bit better about Peyton Thorne. And, and every, now, if he struggles, we're going to ask some questions next week, Blake. No doubt. We will, have, we will start to have some questions for sure. Guys, we're about to get out of here in the next five or ten minutes. Get your last – Last second comments, questions in, man. Uh, again, we are right here on this one one uh, K, man. We're right on this thousand subs. Please hit that subscribe button if you haven't. We have about four to five hundred people because we can look at the analytics that have been watching this for about a month or so that haven't subbed. Just hit that subscribe button, man. But we do appreciate you watching. Uh, but hit that sub button for us, man. Getting to a thousand will be a big deal for us. We've been working really hard. Teresa gets in here and says, there's a fine line between keeping things off tape and giving our guys the necessary reps. I think that at this point, we need the reps. Like, 
Yeah. Um, look, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. You're probably not going to throw the kitchen sink at somebody until you go down to College Station. All right. I just kind of um, – Rodney, our player said jet lag. Hey, and I want to make this – I want to make this point too. When you get done, I'm going to come up with this one because this is something that's going to affect us this week. Yeah, um, jet lag is real. Okay, uh, traveling two time zones is real. Uh, but I don't want to say that Auburn was conservative last Saturday night because the plays were there to be made. I know everybody kept saying that our receivers couldn't get separation. That was false. Okay, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there was guys open, uh, but. It's due to the lack of uh, chemistry and reps, right? Uh, I feel like we have to go into this Sanford game and we have to air this thing out, man. We have to get everything down to a T for this 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, I just um, – I, I think Peyton needs to come out of his shell, Dustin. I said that earlier. I, I think I think he's holding something back. I don't know if he, it's that – Man, if I throw this ball and and it gets picked, uh, is is Hugh gonna pull me and put Robbie in, or or is Robbie getting the next possession? Like, do you think, do you think he's looking over his shoulder for Robbie a little bit? Because Hugh made it very clear right before the season how close it was, right? You know, that's I don't know, man. That's what it is so hard to. Mm, I don't. I don't know. I I, I just. It feels like he is just holding something back, though. Like like the the play where he fumbled, right, the very first drive. I just felt like that was a – he panicked. I well, felt like he panicked. Well, I I stopped it and, and broke it down very clearly. Jarquez is wide open. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. He panicked. Yeah. He, I, I just feel like he panicked, and, and his, first, his first instinct was, oh, I got to go out here. Right. And then when he got out there, he realized he was in trouble. And then you get to reaching the ball out, carrying it like a loaf of bread, and bad things happen. And uh, we gotta get we gotta correct some things this Saturday. But that's why you play these teams, right? You keep money in state. Uh, you give them the opportunity to play in Jordan Hare Stadium, uh, and it gives you the opportunity to iron iron some things out. Hopefully, we leave injury free, and uh, and hopefully Peyton has a big day. I wanted to keep this comment up here by uh, Rodney. He says that our players have jet lag. That's very true. Um, Hughes talked about how much he hated getting out there Thursday. This is something that months ago, before me and Blake uh, had, we probably had 200 subs, we did an episode talking about ranking the games in their level of importance. Mm-hmm. We had the Cal game at number three. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't saying that Cal was your third best support or toughest opponent or your your third toughest opponent. It was just about the trip. It was all about the trip. It mm-hmm. was about time of season and the trip. And to the point on jet lag, Rodney, luckily we have Sanford this week because that's going to bleed into this week. That's going to bleed into preparation for this week. It's going to take these guys a whole nother, really a week to reset. So luckily we have an opponent this week where I really, really hope that the boys come out and get up early and it doesn't become a thing. I'm not saying I'm worried about us, you know, being in a, in a dog fight with Sanford. I'm just saying I don't want it to be a 31 to 10, like you just kind of walk through it. But to a point here by Scotty King, and Blake has a, a take about he go. You were at the LSU game in this 2013, right? Yeah. So I'll let, I'll let you, you say your take here. I still believe that Coach Hugh Freeze is still sitting on things and trying to figure out well what he has. I remember it took four games and a loss in 2013 to figure out the rest of his history. Before Blake gets into what he saw that LSU game in 2013 to this point, I, this is about to the point I made about 2013, week two versus Mississippi State, right? I, I believe we won that game 17 to 14 or 21 to 14. A very, very low scoring game by an offense that eventually before the end of the season was flying on all cylinders, right? But it was still week two. You were still trying to figure some things out. And ultimately, you got out of there with a dub. And that's all anybody remembers. That's all anybody remembers about that Mississippi State game from that year is that you won it. Look, I was there. um, And I got a feeling leaving Tiger Stadium that night, I said, you know, I watched that 2012 season. And uh, that team – just completely give up, right? I mean, I watched Johnny Manziel 
put 63 points on us in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, it was embarrassing, right? But that 2013 team, that night in Baton Rouge, we lost. All right? we, we, I think it was uh, – was it Jeremy Hill maybe? Was that the running back in 2013? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, and and I know they had a big run early that kind of broke it open for them. Um, but the way we the way we gathered together and we come together that night, and you saw an Auburn team battle back, and you saw an Auburn team not quit. You saw an Auburn offense kind of find its identity. I know we didn't find an identity the other night on offense, but I feel like a defense found its identity. I feel like great teams win games like that, man. Like, I know that team in 2013, they didn't win, but damn it, they a year earlier, they would have quit. Right. They would have quit. And when it was and when it was what 21 to nothing, LSU, all right. They would have completely given up, and they would have got beat fifty-six to seven. All right, but that game the other night at Cal a year ago. All right, you rewind a year ago, we lose that game. Mm-hmm. We lose it. We definitely, lose it. definitely pre Cadillac with Hawkins yeah. as your head coach. You're losing that game. Yeah, yeah, you lose that game. You lose. All right, now. Championship teams, man, they find ways to win when it's ugly like that. Somebody steps up, makes a big play. The defense over and over and over again made big plays. Thomas told you guys that their their field goal unit wasn't great. He said, hey, we have a problem. We have a problem. And, and it's it's going to cost us eventually. He didn't know, he didn't know that it was going to be the Auburn game. But he did say, hey, we can't kick field goals. And you saw that yeah. Saturday night. Auburn stood up, made a stop, and they they couldn't kick a field goal. And you found a way to win. I think there's similarities. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say this Auburn team goes on and plays for a national championship. Right, right, right. But they, both teams – can look back at a game and say, hey, man, we can pinpoint that night as to us finding ourselves as a football team. For sure. I think we, we talked about this uh, post game, right? I feel like we turned a, turned a corner mentally. I think yeah. that, the, that we gained something that the locker room hasn't had. Uh, TD's been a good sport here. To answer your question, TD, do you think the Pac-12 is better than the SEC this year? So far, yes. Yep. I can't believe I'm saying that, but so far, yeah, I think the Pac-12 is really strong and uh, they're going out with a bang and it sucks that um, you're going to lose a lot of traditional rivalries. I've been very vocal about how much I hate that on this podcast. Um, just talked to some cow guys about it. They're not very happy about it. They're happy that they were able to land in a conference. But, yeah, man, uh, I think the Pac-12 has got it going on, and it's just really shitty that they haven't had the leadership that they should have had to keep that traditional conference and all those rivalries and just everything. I mean, they've been playing football over there forever, you know, and the fact that UCLA isn't going to play Cal in a conference game is just kind of sad, really. Um, but you got to have good leaders running this thing. Before yeah. we got, uh, before we get out of here, guys, get your last second comments and everything in here. I got some shout-outs, man. I want to shout-out to Avery Mayo. We don't usually see Avery Mayo um, commenting much on YouTube, but I know he watches our content. He's always uh, retweeting us, sharing our content out on Twitter. So just wanted to give Avery a shout-out, brother. We appreciate all your support. Um, also Auburn fans, if you were listening to this podcast and you went out to Cali, dude, like, I don't even know what to say. You guys continue. Like it never stops. The Auburn family never stops bringing the juice, man. And Hugh Freeze is two games in Blake. And I see him standing in front of that Auburn crowd. He knows that fight song word for freaking word. As he leads it. And I ask you again, do you think that he just knows that? Of course he doesn't know that. He's only been our coach for two games. He had to look that up. He had to research that. This man leaves no detail on turn. So we got to talk about the truth on this podcast. When the offense looks, as Hugh said, absolutely awful. We got to say it looked awful. But all the faith in the world in our head coach, I don't think you're going to see another offensive performance like that again this year. Um Got tons of faith in the staff. Uh, shout out to Eugene getting Defensive Player of the Week. Co 
Defensive Player of the Week. I don't know who the other co is, but I doubt very highly that he had a better game than my boy number nine in white this Saturday night. But yeah. it is what it is. Really, really happy to see that guy shine. And Blake, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here, brother? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on what you said about the Auburn fans going out to Cali. Uh, you know, we asked, if you watch this podcast, we asked, hey, make the trip out if you can. Be loud. Uh, be supportive. And I saw a tweet the other night. A security guard mm-hmm. told somebody at Tiger Walk that this is the biggest – opposing fan base crowd that he has seen since the pandemic. He said, it's absolutely nuts. He was like, I just don't see this much in the Pac-12. He said it was incredible. So even Hugh, man, pulling up on the bus, he was like, hey, they they showed up. They showed up. He was like, I'm not used to this. So, uh, you know, I'm proud of this fan base. It feels really, really good to be 2-0. Um, and, and it feels good to not, you know, have a coach stand up there and blame it on execute, uh, execution 24-7. And it feels good to have a coach that is brutally honest and will tell you, hey, we sucked, okay? We sucked. We got to be better. And if we're not, we won't win a conference game. Uh, that is what I love. Uh, I love each and every one of you who follow this podcast, me and Dustin. Uh, it's, it's Auburn Tigers until we die, baby. It's orange and blue. Uh, love them to death. We could go 0-12, and, and I'm still going to be sitting here screaming war, damn, eagle. Yes, sir. Hey, Friday o'clock, guys, 10 a.m., previewing the Sanford game. Be back here. We love y'all. We will see y'all Friday. Like Blake said, it's war, damn, eagle, till they put us in the ground, baby. We're out.